at Vanguard. This is more than just a retirement plan. This is your cappuccino date in Italy, the beach house with the matching bicycles. It's your rental car down memory lane and weekends reuniting with friends from over the years. This is the future you imagined, and Vanguard is here to help you build it. Because at Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now get any breakfast sandwich for just two bucks. Available only through the app. Mobile order and pay available at participating McDonald's. McD app download and registration required. Today on the ZabeCast, there's cheat codes in video games, and then there's the Golden State Warriors in the NBA. Oh, sure, just add a 25 and 10 guy at a 75% discount to a team that's already loaded. Sure, fair. Neymar's flopping, Drew Olsen's hatred of fireworks, and why chocolate donuts might just be racist if you're not careful. Give me your precious 45 minutes, and I will not disappoint. So buckle up and let's go! Tuesday, July 3rd, 2018. Happy pre-4th of July quasi-Friday. I told you guys yesterday, I think I did here on the Zabecast, I know I did locally on the Team 980, ding ding, in Washington, D.C. I said some would lament 4th of July falling right on the middle of the week, right, right on a Wednesday that splits the week in two, making it difficult for those that don't have a lot of vacation time to stretch their time away from work for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or the other way around. I get that, but in a way I look at it, and I'm working all week. I'll be here. Well, I'm here today. I'm off tomorrow for 4th, but then back on Thursday, Friday. I look at it as it's a week with two Fridays. We have two two two-day work weeks. Yes, I know we only get one day in between, but still, it's like there's something about a Friday that energizes me. And so today, which is a Tuesday, feels like a, a Friday. Anyhow, I hope you're going to have a great 4th of July and please be safe. Never forget the legend, the ballad of Jason Pierre-Paul and the fireworks mishap heard round the NFL. Let's start with the Boogie Cousins news. The knee-jerk, you know, easy reaction around the league and with fans is, oh, that's it. That's it. League's up. Season's over. Okay, that's great. That was a nice year while it lasted. That whole buzz of, wow, LeBron James is now going to the Lakers. This makes things very interesting in the... Okay, it's not interesting anymore. The Kings just added Boogie Cousins. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. It's game over, man. Look, it is a hell of a move. Uh, it's a move. It's a power move that I have to say, okay... Well done, Golden State. And the word is that Boogie Cousins was getting zero offers, like none whatsoever. And according to the way the trade went, or not the trade, but according to the way the signing went down, 
Uh, Boogie Cousins picked up the phone himself, although I bet his agents actually did it, and called Golden State and said, Hello, my name is Boogie Cousins. Actually, it's, uh, uh, oh boy, now I keep calling him Boogie Cousins. I've got, I've got brain lock right now. Okay, hold on. If I take my headphones off. Um, DeMarcus. Uh, my name is DeMarcus. Uh, people call me Boogie. And I am a good basketball player. Win healthy. Now I blew out my Achilles last year, so still on the men. But uh, you might want to check out my basketball reference stat page. Pretty, pretty good. 25 and 10 guy. Mm-hmm. Dynamic, active, relentless forward with scoring touch. And yeah, I could probably, once I'm healthy again from this Achilles and they repair Achilles, it's a pain in the ass recovery. It takes a long time. But I'll be back. I'll be back, and I'll be really good. So, yeah. Yeah, Golden State, would you uh, would you like to uh, have me for maybe uh, the veteran minimum, uh, the, the, the 5.3 mid-level exception? You know, just fit you in right there. Up against the cap, no big problem. That's why they call it the mid-level exception. It's an exception to the NBA salary cap. And Golden State said, oh, you know what? Let me make a call. Hey, Steve Kerr. Bring Kerr. You want this metal case, Boogie? Yeah, one-year deal, 5.3. I don't know. It'd be ready like January, February. We don't even need them until playoffs. In fact, <laughs> we don't need anybody, but we could just add them anyway. Let's just add them just to piss them. You want to add them just to piss the league off? By the way, right now I'm holding up my hand like a phone to my face. I don't know why. I'm not on TV. I just I did this instinctively to create this phone call between the the Warriors front office and Steve Kerr. And so they said, yeah, fuck it, why not? Now there's people, and by people I mean some Wizard fans, blowing up my timeline, emailing me, etc., saying, another reason Ernie Grunfeld should be fired! Because DeMarcus Cousins' college running mate, one John Wall, has said before in the past, obliquely, you know, we'd love to go after... You know, wouldn't it be great to have Boogie here? Something to that effect. I, I don't know when he said it, how he said it. It might have been tampering if he did, but that connection has been made. Hey, these two guys played at Kentucky for four months together, however long the season is, one year. Let's get them, Let's get the band back together, everybody. Didn't win a championship with them, but whatever. And so people are now saying, another reason Ernie sucks. We could have offered Boogie more than that. Yeah, but Boogie was never going to come here. This is this is where Boogie Cousins realizes, and he may be a, a mental patient, in addition to being a fantastic basketball that basketball player. Those two are not exclusive. Oh, by the way, mental patient and fantastic basketball player. Even though he may be a mental patient at times, and a complete hothead, and a technical foul generating machine, he's not stupid. He sees this as the perfect strategic move. In fact, he said this was his chess move type of play. Since he was not getting any offers or any good offers, he realized, okay, what two things, what, what do I need to do? First, I need to go to a team that doesn't really need me. Secondly, I need to go to a team that is going to win. Okay, I've already got one team in mind. Rhymes with Schmolden Flate Poriers. Don't need me. Guaranteed to win. I can then prove that I'm not 
a mental patient, and I can win a ring. And then once I'm healthy and once I show my stuff, then I can go get a big payday. Aha. It's the perfect move. Some are also saying that you know Adam Silver should have nixed this deal. Just like David Stern, his predecessor and mentor, nixed the Chris Paul to the Lakers deal. Well, that was a trade. He could nix a trade. How can you legitimately nix a mid-level exception for a guy who's a free agent? Answer is you can't. Like, you literally can't. He would lose in court in five seconds flat. So you're saying a guy's a free agent, but he can't sign wherever he wants. Okay. It's going to be fun. Oh, the season's over. Stop with the season's over shit. Like, you really think the NBA is a season in which anything can happen? Is that the NBA's marketing tagline? The NBA, where the unexpected happens. No, no. The NBA is about stars. It's about dynasties. It's about big bigger-than-life comic book heroes as their stars. LeBron, KD, Steph, and their superpowers. And yeah, we know the basic shape of the season. We now know the basic shape of upcoming next season. It's going to end with a Warriors parade. Again, pretty much guaranteed. Unless Boogie Cousins tears that team apart from inside, which would be awesome! Awesome! Uh, but I'm not counting on it. A more ripe opportunity for some chaos is now brewing in Lakerland because since we last left you here on the Zabecast, all oh, the Lakers have been busy. Mitch Kupchak has been burning up the phones. They add Rajon Rondo to the mix. In addition to Lance Stevenson, the ear blower, I forget exactly when that deal went down. I might have just forgot to mention it yesterday on the Zabecast. But, so you had, you had Lance Stevenson, the, the gentle... <laughs> Ear blower to LeBron James, an irritant. You add Rajon Rondo, he crazy. He flat crazy. But he's enjoying a bit of a resurgence. And he's a hell of a non-shooting point guard, a pure passing point. He comes in along with JaVale McGee. And you add in LeVar Ball on top of it, Magic Johnson, and LeBron and his guys and his team, Clutch Sports. Oh, 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 oh. a lot of egos. A lot of egos, a lot of personalities. The Lakers are going to be get your popcorn ready. I think Golden State with Boogie Cousins will be relatively uh, business as usual. But the Lakers, though, could be very interesting. My Nationals lost to the Red Sox last night 4-3. to three, Another one-run loss for this club that continues to make boneheaded mistakes left and right to lose games. They are currently six games back. They were going into last night in the East. In third place, by the way, six games back of Atlanta. Three back of uh, Philadelphia or thereabouts. It's getting late quickly now as the Nats have crossed the Rubicon. They're 42-41 and 41 right now, so they're past the midway point of the season. And they got to start playing better baseball. I mean, there was some dumb shit last night. Like Daniel Murphy, who's coming off a knee injury, clearly not running or moving like himself, deciding, oh, watch this, I'm going to stretch a single into a triple and get thrown out by about, oh, I don't know, 15 feet, run themselves out of an inning. Max Scherzer, who, how can you criticize Max Scherzer? But Max Scherzer gets up 0-2 against Rick Porcello, his fellow pitcher, American League pitcher who's not even used to batting, ends up giving up a bases-clearing double. I mean, what the hell is that all about? 
And then, you know, you could argue this, although he did hit it hard, Rendon with a a 3-0 count with Soto on first after an epic at-bat against Kimbrell ends up swinging on 3-0 and lines out right to left field, inning over, ball game over, and the Nats lose again. They have got to get their shit together because it will be a supreme disappointment this year if they miss the playoffs and don't win the division. And that's how they're treading right now. And if Harper leaves this offseason, what a gut punch that would be. Soccer, did you see Neymar's flopping in the World Cup? Absolutely embarrassing. And I heard Taylor Twellman on ESPN. Taylor Twellman is really good. Taylor Twellman, I believe, is a former U.S. national team player. Uh, handsome fella. Uh, very stylish dresser. And just great at the medium. Great at explaining soccer, being passionate. Uh, he had a, a rant for the ages after U.S. after the U.S. missed the World Cup. In fact, let me try to search that up here uh, just a second. All right, here it is. Taylor Twellman after the U.S. lost to Trinidad and Tobago to be knocked out of the World Cup. It's not about tonight. It's not about Jurgen Klinsmann. It's not just about Bruce Arena. As a whole, U.S. soccer is not prepared. They have not done a good enough job of getting this group ready to play. And keep in mind, the last two Olympics, no United States. Those players that would be playing in the Olympics, 24th through 28th, how many of them are in this roster? The players got to be good enough, too. So a lot of people on social media right now want to say it's Jurgen Klinsmann's fault, it's Bruce Arena's fault, it's Daniil Galati's fault. By the way, as an ex-player, every single one of those players, they can take some nightmares yep. for the rest of their lives because this is an utter embarrassment with the amount of money that is in Major League Soccer and in this sport. You can't get a draw, a tie against Trinidad? Max, you don't deserve to go to the World Cup. They, they, they certainly and did. And people always say about it's tough to get points here. But I see Mexico oh, get come points. Come on. We can, we, we can stop using that excuse. Yes. This is, this is, you look at this team, you look at this. They're going to be sitting around next summer, and they're going to be watching this World Cup go on without them. So what does this program do? Is this, this group, do you, do you blow it up? Do you this just, is everything, though, Max. So Because I remind everyone, 2,000 euros, Germany laid an egg. And they all came together. Bundesliga, second Bundesliga, DFB, the German Football Federation, all came together with a 10-year plan. Guess what happened in 10 years? They won that World Cup. If this failure does not wake up everyone from U.S. soccer to Major League Soccer, from pay-to-play to broadcasters to everything, then we're all insane. Because the definition of insanity is doing the exact same thing, knowing the result. Love it. It's not- Good stuff. Taylor Twelman. So he was on last night on ESPN, and I'm sure that ESPN, not being the rights holder in the U.S. to the World Cup, Fox has it, was restricted in the amount of highlights that they can play. I really wish they would announce that prior to highlight packages because I sit down and I'm watching ESPN uh, ready to watch the highlight package from the incredible 3-2 Belgium-Japan game in which Belgium came back from 2-0 down to stun the Japanese. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be a meaty package, like four and a half, five minutes, bing, bang, boom, all the goals. <laughs> they only showed three of the five goals. And I'm like, what What? What the hell? Like, there's only five goals in the game. Like, if you can only show five highlights, show all five goals, right? I'm like, you know what? They must be restricted. Otherwise, it's like the worst editorial judgment ever. Hey, here's a great 3-2 soccer game. 
let's only show three of the five goals. Eh, what do you say? Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> so Twelman was on. He was great talking about Neymar pretty much in this different game, obviously, Mexico versus Brazil. But it was an interesting discussion about Neymar because his acting job on being stepped on inadvertently, advertently, whatever. It lightly, not so lightly, Ooh, how would you like that happen to you? Uh, his reaction was embarrassing. And the Mexican coach was 1,000% correct. Juan Carlos Osario, who said, unfortunately, it's a shame we wasted a lot of time because of one single player. This is a real shame for football. We lost our style in the second half due to the referee's style of too many stoppages, and my players got tired of that situation. There was a four-minute stoppage, and that's a poor example for the world of football and all the children. It's a strong sport. It's a man's sport. I think there shouldn't be so much acting. Everyone can agree with that. Twelman, though, pointed out that, look, Neymar does get fouled a lot. Small guy, a lot of hard tackles. And so the defense mechanism for Neymar is he's going to sell it whenever he gets fouled as a tactical advantage for him with the referees. Ah, I'm sort of torn on this. I'd love to call Neymar a bitch and just say this guy is the worst. But then again, after Twelman made his point, I said, okay, I see that because they showed highlights of him getting fouled in other matches. I think Twelman said that they had like, uh, he got fouled like 11 times, legitimately 11 times in a previous match. And he's coming back from an injury, so probably not the best thing in the world. Still made an incredible play uh, to set up the second goal. For, well, scored the first goal and then assisted on the second. A brilliant player, but what what a what an acting job that was. I also watched FS1's World Cup Tonight show at 10 o'clock last night. Whoo, boy, was that something else. All right, so it's uh, it's a, at least it was last night. Maybe they got rotating guys. They have four people on a set, and the lead host is one Kate Abdo. Abdo, Abdo. I think I've heard of her before. She's lovely. She's long, she's lean, she's tan, she's brown-haired, brown-eyed gal. Yada, yada, beautiful. Okay, great. And knows her soccer. Good journalist. Okay, good. Am I covered there? Ding, covered. And then they had Kobe Jones, a longtime American soccer player, Team USA player, Kobe Jones, who's looking, I don't know what's going on with him. I was looking at him going, did, did something happen here? Like, whatever. And then they had on some white European coach with a weird name like Rude Hinnink or something like that. And then they had a Mexican guy with a big mustache, jowls, and a thick accent. And I don't know who it was. I should have taken a screenshot with my phone just to remember the names. It doesn't matter. It was the weirdest, most disjointed, oddly paced highlight show I've ever seen. And maybe that's because FS1 is going for an international tilt on this. They're not, they don't want a bunch of Yanks up there on the panel talking about the World Cup. But it was weird. It was weird. And I believe the show opened with Kobe Jones wearing a luchador's mask, a Mexican wrestler's mask on. And I'm like, okay, what is this I'm tuning into? I have no idea. Jameis Winston has fired his agents. Isn't that great? So reports Pro Football Talk and Mike Florio. Now, it might be that his agents left on their own accord, but the word is from Florio that Jameis has fired his two agents. His two agents, um, mostly baseball agents, they don't represent a lot of football players, don't have a lot of experience in that, 
and they may not have been involved in the crafting of you know Jameis's three game escape clause with what would have been a six game suspension and much more embarrassment in the wake of the Uber incident. By all regards, most people would say, boy, those agents did a great job to get you out of a tight spot with the least amount of damage possible, financial damage, reputation damage, that they did the best they could. Well, apparently, you're fired. Or they, the two agents said, you know what? We don't want to represent this bag of shit anymore because this is not going to be the last thing that we're going to have to mop up. And eventually, we don't want the rep of, yeah, you're the guys that had Jameis Winston and had to get him out of this, had to get him out of that, had to defend him at this. Reminds me of the scene in Jerry Maguire early on where Jerry is walking his client out of a uh, police station and there's a ton of press there. And he says, all I know is that my client is a fabulous something. Baseball player? Hockey player? Let me see if I can find that clip. Nah, I can't find it. I'll hunt it down another time. All right, let's get to Drew Olson today. We'll talk his baseball scoring job. He's now doing that for the Brewers. It's kind of fascinating to me. Also, fireworks. He's got some thoughts on that, and they're not exactly long or extensive. And what gets Drew excited in life? Hint, not that much. All right, so I'm GoProing, Drew. Hi, everybody. Look. Drew also joins us now on the ZabeCast as I'm recording a little snippet from high above the desk here. What's going on on a Monday before 4th of July, Drew? I'm so thrilled to be on a GoPro broadcast. It might be a first for me. (laughs) Don't count it as a broadcast. I'm going to use one tiny clip of this. Okay. It's just a, hey, look, it's me talking in a microphone, and you can hear Drew on the other end of it. Someday we'll do Skype, and then we'll really blow people's minds. What uh, What are you doing for 4th of July? I generally lay low. I generally, uh, I might get together a little golf game with my father and nephew and brother-in-law. And uh, other than that, where's patio. the fire? What about the fireworks? Those are in my municipality. I'm not a big fan. Why? Um, wait, 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 wait. You're not you a know, big fan of what? Going to a fireworks going display? Going to the municipal, to the park a mile down the road and watching, you know, spreading out the blanket and are you and a, Are you a fan of blowing off your own fireworks? I have never been that fan, Zabe. I blow my money. Oh. I burn my money playing blackjack and um, enjoying the latest hip-hop hits condensed to two minutes at $40 a song. That's how I spend my money, Zabe. <laughs> so so you don't like fireworks because I, you consider it a waste of money i consider it just setting up a pile of money and burning it like why don't you send that money to, to me zabe rather than some toothless guy in pennsylvania that you buy your stash from and drag it over the state line you are a hundred percent right it is literally burning your money but it's it burning your money in a spectacular airborne fashion <laughs> And there are other wastes of money, as you just chronicled, oh, in which you're like, man, that went quickly right there. How did I get to 300 bucks so quick? Well, three-minute songs, one at a time. <laughs> That's right. Well, to me, some might say that for me, golf is a waste of money because I, you know, I'm not good. I, I don't play a lot. I play a couple times a year, and it ends up being more frustrating than relaxing and fun. And I could say, well, at the end of that, even if I play a nice course and shell out a little bit, it's like... Was that worth it, really? Okay, but waste of money, like, that's a very broad term, a waste of money. True. Absolutely true. Because if something gives you happiness, then it's not a waste. That's what money is for, right? 
Oh, absolutely. Okay. So so you draw the line on fireworks. Yeah, I, I've never been fascinated. We, we did sparklers and a couple of things. Bottle rockets were fun when I was a kid. But as for, far as adulting and going and putting on my adulting. own display. Um, now, now there is a gentleman who lives across the street from my father who puts on an incredible backyard. I, I bet it's up there with Zabe. I should record it, and then you record oh, yeah. yours and see which is better. Oh, this yeah. guy throws down. I'm sure he does. What do you think his and, budget is for his show? Uh, it's four figures, I'm sure. Okay. Like, you know, I'm it, sure four figures. The real backyard shows are five figures. Yeah, but that's... Ten grand. Yeah. That's oh, I, craziness, though. That's, that, you got to be super rich for that. That's Ours, a yeah. lake house, pool, you know, that's, <laughs> so, you know. So will you go to somebody's house that has a backyard display and enjoy the hell out of it if you don't have to pay, pay any money? I Even that, I'm like, eh. What is just, wrong not, with you? I, I don't have that fascination. Are you a communist? There's a gene that you have that you like fire. Like I, I don't know. I'm a. So uh, you sit there and watch these incredible four-inch shells in a 500 gram repeater blow up over your head, and you're like, "Meh, can take it or leave it." That doesn't get your adrenaline pumping. That doesn't no, make you feel uh, anything inside. I'm have you jaded. ever seen a Have you ever seen a fireworks show? Laid over the tune uh, with loudspeakers of Lee Greenwood's "God Bless the USA." Yeah. Or living in America. Because I got a whole soundtrack that I play that segues <laughs> from song to song to song. What including about the Born in the USA overture? and the 1812 Overture. Oh, yeah. It's a whole oh. production. I bless guys like you, Zay, because I just don't have the energy okay. and I, I don't get it's like literally it, that could be going on and I would be um inside like seeing how much potato salad is left or like what I could crush scrape you, you, from the buffet. You are super jaded. That's really sad. Because I am. with it with, with a couple of beers. And with the music and the fireworks, I get an immense sense of happiness. Pride, happiness. I'm like, this is America, damn it. I <laughs> love it. America. Setting a pile of money on, on fire in my backyard is America. You know what? It is. And guess what, Drew? I'll make more money. And if I'm not going to spend the money on fireworks, <laughs> what am I going to spend it on? It's a great question. You know, my, uh, my, my, my wife and my daughter are going to see Hamilton. That's going to cost at least oh. as much as the fireworks, if not more so. More, more. I, no, I it'll my, last a couple hours. I sent my wife and daughter early in the in the craze, and that was, uh, yeah, that was incredibly yeah. expensive. Right. So, will you tell me what's what's the bigger waste of money? Uh, that's outrageous. Hamilton's one of the great. Uh, artistic endeavors of our time. It explains yeah. the way. Okay, I get it. I get it. I, but guess what? At the end of the day, it's just entertainment true i can but i can walk i can't walk three quarters of a mile to the park at near my house at dusk spread out a blanket and watch hamilton and watch for hamilton. free you're right so you're right you're the right. option there is not uh you know we do fireworks okay. very well in uh wisconsin and milwaukee there's a, a family the bartolotta family that puts it out um, yes they do they, the fireworks at the bob and brian open yes, which we'll they do. see uh are you coming this year or not i, I don't know if i if my uh Citizenship's been revoked. If I'll be stopped at the border, I, no. I could stop in. No, you're a friend I mean, of the show. Come on, it, man. It more it more depends on um, what I got going on in my other life. Uh, okay, whether I'm at a Brewers game that night, right, or whether right. I'm you know. Oh, uh, we need we need we need an update. By the way, I, I'm now seeing on Twitter people taking you up on disputes regarding scoring issues yeah. at the Brewers games. <laughs> how about that? Like, how could that double play be a six four three? Why? How come that wasn't a fielder's choice? That should have been an infield hit. 
How how are you doing on your new gig oh, scoring? The, the excruciating minutiae. I'm still a rookie, man. There are still things that I haven't seen. I had a um, in my first solo game, we had like a once a season ambiguity about whether a run was earned or not. That it, it, I could go into so much detail, but it's basically you can't assume. And I it, when when there's an error committed, you have to reconstruct the inning as if the error didn't happen and turn that <laughs> error into an out. Right? How do you do that exactly? You okay? So let's say Zabe leads off the inning and he ground. You ground a short. The shortstop you know, kicks the ball and you're, you're safe on an easy. Should have been right? an out. Yep. So technically, as for that pitcher's line and for earned runs, you, we are now one out, nobody on. Okay. So the next Even two, the, so the next two me, guys, the right. next two guys make outs, and then the, the next guy hits a home run. Those that, those runs are unearned because the inning should have been over, right? Even though you know strategy, how pitchers attack batters. Decisions to steal, all this stuff changes depending on the out. Yes, so everything changes. So, so, so it's so it's a hypothetical reconstruction. It's a coulda, it shoulda, woulda of well, it the inning. It's like how would the yes, and how would this have gone? So we had a situation there where same thing, like a leadoff ground ball should have been an out. Then the next guy hits a, a ground ball um, that should have resulted in a force play. But for it was a rundown. I don't know if you remember the highlight. Lorenzo Cain ended up making a brilliant defensive play. They got in a rundown, and the Brewers I don't ended up recall with first that. I'm and sorry, second. I, I could send you. It was. It was. It, it got some national run. But this weird play, and you can assume that that would have been an out, but only if there are two outs. There's a codicil in the deep in the text, and I was studying the text trying to find it. And a codicil. Oh God! There's a yes. codicil and an addendum oh, and a where to for and a notwithstanding and a this that and the other. Yes. And here's the thing. These ball players will seek you out. Oh, they will. And they will buttonhole you and be like, hey, man, what the fuck the other night? That was not an earned run. What are you yeah. doing, man? Yeah, and the rules are the rules, man. And it's so it's a tough gig. It's fun. It's challenging. It is, but it's a tough gig. But And, uh, and you're going to be doing this only for weekend minutia. games? No, I do. Uh, I, I'm sprinkling. I think I got a 10 or 12 games on the year. I'm just, I'm, I'm getting my training wheels. I'm, I'm, it's like being a pilot. You got to be, you got to be supervised before you can solo and. Uh, right now I'm soloing, but I'm still not 100% confident I, that I could put it down in a tornado or something, you know? <laughs> May I ask what it pays? Uh, sure. I, it's standard. I don't think it's any secret. I think scorers get uh, somewhere between 185 and $200 a game. Now, the old nice. line, 185 bucks a game, I think, is the going rate. Nice. And what they say is you get $10 to score the game and then like 175 to take the shit from all sides because you piss everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> Think about any call, a routine ground ball, E6, like, okay, like the hitter's going to be mad he didn't get a hit, the fielder's going to be mad that he got an error, somebody's going to be pissed off, the so job it's like is worth, guaranteed. The job is worth $10 a lifting to watch it and go, <laughs> yeah, that was a hit, whatever, and the rest is taking shit from taking fielders shit and hitters going, everybody. how can you call it that, they, man? They've actually changed, you know, I when I started covering games 20 years ago, there was the, the, the hotline. And players and coaches and stuff could call from the dugout. During the game. During the game. And say, what the fuck? And now they've taken that away. You can't do that anymore. Wow. That's good Conversely, stuff. one of the things I've noticed is that baseball does a bad job. And I think the NBA is probably at the front of this and maybe football a little to an extent. But baseball does a bad job of there's something fucked up happened on the field. And the umpires meet and the managers meet. And all of a sudden this guy's out. And they don't explain it. They don't tell you anything on the PA. They make it really hard to kind of follow what's going on. When you watch a game and the announcers are figuring it out, you got that buffer. But when you're sitting in the stands, baseball needs to do a better job of explaining what the hell is going on in some cases. Yeah. All right, good. Let's segue into the big news of the week. 
Sunday night, LeBron James announces he is going to the Los Angeles Lakers. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being completely shocked, you couldn't be more surprised than if your head was sewn to the carpet when you woke up in the morning, a la Christmas vacation. One being not surprised at all. Where do you stand on this? Negative 10. Negative 10. So this yeah, is not shocking to you. Not shocking. Everything right. you heard for a while was that he's pointing to go to L.A. All right, here's another quick 1 to 10. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being metaphysical certitude in which the Lakers will win a championship with LeBron, one being a snowball's chance in hell, such as a Sacramento Kings three-peat dynasty, where do you think the chances rank that LeBron will have a parade in L.A.? as a Laker. 6.78. 6.78. That sounds oddly specific. Yes. That sounds like a Zabe metric. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. <laughs> Pulled out of your ass and presented to the world. Correct. Um, right. What's going to have to happen for that to come true? Um, Kevin Durant getting injured or something? like uh, in, in the near term, I still think the Warriors are going to be better. For, I, want the Warriors the to, term. I want the Warriors to fly apart at the seams. And how are, that's, we, gonna, well, that's how are we going to get that to happen? Um, and is it maybe closer than we think? Yeah, d- dynasties and teams now are fragile. Little jealousy, jealousy, little, bit of, this, little yeah. bit of laziness, laziness, complacency. How uh-huh. do you? Yeah. How do you get fired? Suddenly, it's like, well, we're not knocking on the door to win seventy. We're we're winning in the low fifties, and like, well, we'll turn it on when we want, and then that switch just gets harder to reach. Would you be in favor of just uh, knocking out the division, knocking out the conferences in the NBA, and doing one big pig pile of teams? I would absolutely favor that. You would, yeah. Have you always been that way, or is this a newfound? Um, okay, no. I'm finally on this. Square. No, I, I've pretty much always been that way because uh, I just thought it was a shamocracy when you had teams below 500 getting in the playoffs and on one side, and then the other side of the division, uh, the other side of the ledger. You have you know superior play and teams with better records that had to sit home. Would you? It was an affront. Would you do it, say, with the NFL? I'm kind of down do with that, too. you draw the well, line on that? No, my, my huge throbbing um, <clears throat> problem with the NFL is... Sounds, sounds dirty. The, yeah, huge throbbing huge throbbing problem. issue is whenever you have a team win a division with a shitty record and they get a home game for winning their division. I, yeah. I have a huge problem with that when they're seeding the playoffs. Like, right. You can't reward but, them. But you would mix AFC with NFC to get the four best teams in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it depends on how you're... You're structuring it, but yeah, I think I probably would. No, that's a non-answer. I, no, I mean, yeah, it, maybe depends. Well, it, give me. Do a, you want to blow up an entire tradition in history of AFC NFC to just maybe get a better playoff? Yes or no? Yeah. Well, what's so great about the AFC NFC tradition? What's so great if it, the tournament's the tournament? It's going to be good either way. What's so great about tradition? What's so great about that? Yeah, tradition is great about tradition. That's the craziest yeah. question ever, Drew. No. <laughs> Remember, remember tradition when exists for its own reasons. People, people bristled that interleague play was going to be the end of the world, and who gave, who gave a shit? Like separate umpires was not. Uh, you know, we have to have different umpires in different leagues and different what's strike so, zones, and like, what's so know, great about eggnog? What's so great about opening your presents on Christmas morning? What's so great about fireworks? See, that's the thing. I'm not that that passionate. Exactly. So interesting, man. How did you get so jaded at such an age? I I worked at an early (laughs) age. I walked into a newsroom with old school guys that I think maybe one day I might have walked in wearing like a college T-shirt with a Wisconsin Badgers on it or something, and I was told like to never don't do bring that, that in here. Don't don't bring yeah, that look, shit in here. You can't wear. We're not that. rooting for the teams, buddy. Exactly. We're rooting for our storylines, our deadlines, and our own interests here. You're damn straight. There's no I in team, but media starts with me.
Motherfucker. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Are you sick of this story <laughs> that keeps getting dragged up? Every July 1st, Bobby Bonilla of the Mets gets paid $1.3 million as part of his settlement uh, of his contract, his money that was owed. He took deferred money that's going to pay him $1.3 million from now until 2032, I believe. And it's considered to be one of the great all-time deferred payment heists in sports history. Fantastic. I, I, I don't think about it often. I don't think of Bobby Bonilla often. But the one day a year when somebody reminds me, I chuckle and move on. And I, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not mad about it. It is hilarious. It was a great fleecing, and teams have fleeced. Well, they've certainly fleeced players, and they've been fleecing fans, and will continue to do so. So it's actually good that they're getting a little bit of their own medicine. You know, I actually once read a piece that said, believe it or not, Bonilla did not make out like a bandit with this deferred payment deal. That And they ran the numbers on it. It takes like an accountant to do it, to say, okay, yeah. well, here, here's the lump sum now. Oh, that's the lottery thing, right? That's the whole, you know, take it in the lump sum or the annual payments or the... Right. You know. I, I think they recommend taking it in the lump sum because if you manage it correctly, it'll it grow yes. unto itself. And, of course, the Mets at the time, because of the Bernie Madoff scandal, they thought that they were going to be flush for money forever because they're like, I got this guy. 10%, every year, doesn't matter. Up market, down market. Oh, shit, what's that? He's a crook? Ponzi My money's scheme? gone? Ponzi <laughs> scheme? Oh, no. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not smart enough financially to understand one way or the other. But we have a listener, uh, Brian McQuestion, who is a certified tax accountant. Maybe I'll lean on Brian to go, could you once and for all give us the skinny? Did Bobby Bonilla really make out or is this just a cute story of, hey, it's July 1st, he gets $1.3 million? All of the horrors you hear about athletes and their finances and stuff, like this is the ultimate safety net. Well, first of all, not for nothing, I think Bobby Bonilla might have played 10 years, right? He should be fine. The the number in baseball, which guys try to get to, and it's a badge of honor for a number of reasons, but if you can play 10 years in the major leagues, they don't just give you a uniform because you're a good guy. If you can play 10 years, you're fucking, even if you bat 220 or 210, you're pretty legit to get 10 years in, and you're fully vested for that pension ah. and benefits and insurance for life. And the pension can kick in. When you want it, you can start drawing. Obviously, you start drawing at a 41. You're a little bit, you're, you're, you're shorting yourself. But if you go 65, I think it's like 200-something grand a year. Pretty. Pretty, pretty good. But pretty the million-dollar million escalator on July 1st is pretty, pretty good, too. The, the good thing about Bonilla's deal is that you can't spend what you don't got. So as long as the New York Metropolitans will not be out of business by 2034... Which, it's a long way away, you know. A lot of things oh, yeah. can intervene uh, in between now and then. As long as they're still in business, it's a good way to go, well, I can't spend it. I don't have it. If you're the Mets, though, yeah, wouldn't you just try to say, all right, let's do a lump sum or let's renegotiate this or let's let's just you know, oh, I bet get this off the books? They might want to do it, but they, you know, Boney doesn't have to do anything. Right? No, he doesn't. I mean, can we give you $10 million a year for three years and be done? Or can we, whatever? Or just a, You would think you would want that? I don't know. It's... I'd be a little nervous that something would happen between now and 2034. That's really uh, world-changing. Yeah. All right, so hey, if you're Bobby Bonilla, and you're, say you're one of his, you're Pookie or Ray Ray or one of his buddies, right? You're his golf buddy or something. 
He's got to have a party. Like the Fourth of July should be a big blowout every year. July first, he should have a. Hey, he guys, should where are we spend going this a year? million on fireworks. <laughs> Yeah, if a box of sparklers ain't going to cut it, Bobby Bo. Every year you got to bring it. The party's at your freaking house every year. You know, I now have to find, this is fascinating. The more that I get to know you, Drew, the more fascinating you are to me. i got to find out what you really get jazzed up for. I'm pretty low blood pressure about everything. Zay. That's what I'm lot. thinking. Yeah. So, what, so is there anything that steams you up? I'm sure there is, but nothing that no, I can no, think of. I, no, know. no. If you have to no. say, I'm sure there is. Oh, okay. Well, people who, um, again, like we talked about before, people who make a left turn and stay at the stop line rather than getting out into the intersection and cock block the entire system. Well, that, makes you, about that. that makes you angry. I'm talking that makes about me steam. Michael, I'm talking about Michael st- Douglas angry and falling down. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm talking about steamed up excited is what I'm talking about. Oh, oh, well. So, yeah. We'll have to think about that. Yes. Have you ever heard of who, Human Uber? Human Uber, I can't say that I have. Okay, you might want to Google that if you're in front of a computer or if it's on your phone. Human Uber, developed in Japan, provides a way for people to attend events remotely using another person's body. This device is basically a helmet with an iPad or other tablet attached to the front of it, and it's got the Skype of the person who wants to attend the event projected onto the iPad as the as the human Uber walks around at a convention, at a party, uh, somewhere else. Hey, how's it going? Okay, yeah, good to be here. So there, it's Daft Punk wearing uh, an iPad with my face on it. Are you looking at it right now? I just saw it, yeah. <laughs> so imagine, and I Sheldon think... Sheldon did this on the Big Bang Theory at one point. Okay. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great to deploy human Uber for shit you don't want to go to, like kids' birthday parties, oh, God, nephews' yeah. graduations. Don't worry, I'm sending a human Uber, and some random person shows up with an iPad for a face, and you're at home watching the baseball game, going, "Hey, uh, way to go, uh, way to go, young Billy! Great job graduating! Oh yes, scores the run! I'm yeah. sorry, yes. Where were we again? Oh. oh, you look so great in your cap and gown." Any wedding you don't want to go to or any, yeah, it's, we're headed that way, man. The depersonalization of society. Do, uh, do weddings, the word. do weddings excite you, Drew? Um, I haven't been to one in a long time. I, I'm in that dead zone. Pretty soon my friends' kids will start getting married, but I'm in the dead zone. I, it's funny you, you I'm surrounded by young people who go every weekend to a fucking wedding and, oh, and they tell me yeah. it gets more and more elaborate and they got to spend more and more money. Oh yeah. It's just insane. But uh, all my friends are married now or second marriages usually aren't that big a deal. Okay. So I'm I'm in the mode where when my friend's kids get married, I'm not quite at that age yet, but I'll I'll be knocking on that soon. But when you went to weddings, did you like them? Uh, depending. Yeah, when I was single and it was a target rich environment, yeah, I was <laughs> target rich environment. I did pretty well there. Did you uh did you kind of kind of take them down pretty good there? Oh, occasionally. I had occasionally. occasion. The, the the drunker they got, the more interesting and I, I got, so. There's yeah. no better thing than open bar. Am I wrong about that? <laughs> That's for sure. There, there's no better tailwind, pun intended. Pun intended. No better tailwind to help you get one home than an open bar and that feeling of, hey, love is in the air, there's a wedding, and there's guys, and there's girls, and what the heck, you know? Life is short. What do you say? That is, uh, yeah, it's time honored. That's, I think it's all part of the complex to keep us getting married, is have single people go to weddings and stir up their hormones and their impulses to settle down.
Okay, before we get to uh, fuck that guy for the week, and you got a second here to think about this. Yeah. But before we get to that, I'm going to let you sit in on a little ditty I like to call the stat of the day. Love it. Stat of the day. All right, so Tiger finished fourth this weekend, which is pretty good considering he's now had three top tens this year. However, the guys around him, those that made the British Open because they finished top five, Abraham Answer, Sung Kang, Ryan Armour, and Bronson Burgoon have an average world ranking of 228. <laughs> Behold! <laughs> your stats of the day. That is, like, you say to yourself, man, Tiger played well this week and he finished fourth. And you're like, well, who else did he finish around and behind? Ryan Armour, who? Abraham Answer, who is not the answer to anything but a trivia question. I have no idea who that is. Sung Kang and Bronson Burgoon. That's when you say, wow. So Tiger, it's like it's good that he's playing well, but it's sad that he can't even beat these scrubroons or Bronson Burgoons. All right, Drew, go ahead and get your obligatory shot at golf in there. I know I'm not going to take a shot. No, people, this is <laughs> when somebody just posted a picture. It might have been Ravel or something with Tiger, and then the throng of people following him. Yes, did you see that? Yes. And what do you think about that? It reaffirms your worldview that the game needs Tiger more than anything. Absolutely. Well, and the game needs the Lakers and Knicks to be good at some point too. Like the game needs. Yeah, it's the, it's good for the game when Tiger is good. Except it's good Tell for me, Tiger. Like Tiger doesn't bring people to the tent who then start shopping for Bronson Burgoons. They come in for the Tiger, and they leave for the Tiger. Like, that's the biggest, I think, misconception. But, but Tiger elevates, he will elevate somebody who can, you know, go toe-to-toe with him and provide drama, even if Tiger loses in a playoff in the in the and PGA just, or something. They're just jobbers, though, Drew. That guy gets they're elevated, just, though. They're just jobbers. It's not going to help the sport. Tiger is great for Tiger and for any event that Tiger is in and any TV that, you know, Tiger brings. But literally, it's like a U-turn of people that come in the tent for Tiger and then they leave the tent. Well, what does that say about the sport that's so awesome then? If the sport's so star-spangled awesome, they should be, hey, you know, this Rory guy's pretty good. Hey, you know, this I like this Dustin Johnson. He's got a smoking hot wife. I'm going to start following him. True. So why do they fall off? Sport's been around for 280 years. I think we're going to be okay. But I appreciate your concern, though. Thank okay. you for your non-golfing concern. And with that... So, so I'm glad boxing, boxing and horse ah! racing called to say they want to say thanks yeah, for your the sport, card. Your sport baseball needs to have a word. <laughs> well, I'm not a good guy. There. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, here we go, Drew. Who is your FTG right. for the week? FTG is the guy who, in a conversation at this time of year, it's 4th of July, fireworks time, someone says, oh, my God, did you see the penalty kicks? Did you see the, the, the shootout? Did you see what happened at the end of the game in the World Cup yesterday? And my fuck that guy is the guy who says, it's soccer. And oh, dismisses the it. soccer dismisser the soccer guy. Soccer dismisser, like immediately, forget how fucking great some of these games have been and dramatic and everything. And you see nation, you see grown men weeping and people hugging <laughs> in the streets, and they get to enjoy that on a countries where they don't have to go, they don't get to go to Costco like we do and get a dollar fifty hot dog and soda. 
but so fuck that guy who says soccer. All right. The same jabroni because I want to have my virtual reality uh, human Uber in his basement when he's got his pants around the ankles when we're in the sixth round of the NFL draft and he's taking notes. <laughs> so for the soccer guy, yes, Drew, it's a you great say sport. it has its moments. I say fuck that guy. All right, here's my fuck that guy for the week. You know, he gets paid, I'm sure, a nice salary. He exists on TV for only one reason, and that is to cover all things LeBron James. He buddied up to LeBron when he was in high school at St. Vincent, Vincent and St. Mary's High in Northeast Ohio, and he's pretty good in terms of, you know, giving you knowledge about stuff. But let me tell you, the number of times that Brian Windhorst has not broken the story of where LeBron James is going is now 0 for 3 because nobody said, oh my God, Windhorse just broke it. LeBron's going to the Lakers. Why are they paying this guy so much money? He's not breaking any news. So to you, Wendy, all I got to say is, fuck that guy. <laughs> I bet he knew that LeBron was going to L.A., but he promised his boy for continued access, I'm not going to break it. Well, guess what, Wendy? LeBron's going to retire in five years or thereabouts. This is his last big move. Yeah, time but then to he's got Bronny. And he's, to... he's got Bronny. It's, he's got to cultivate. <laughs> Bronny's going to have a kid. He's got a career, man. Time to break some eggs, I say, and go <laughs> ahead and just break the story <laughs> and go, fuck it, I'm going to announce it. LeBron James is going to L.A. All right, that'll do it for me today. And you, Drew, uh, listen to Drew on the Big 920 up in Wisconsin in yes, Milwaukee. Indeed. Also follow Drew on Twitter at... Drew Olson, M-K-E. That's O-L-S-O-N. Yes. As in the son of a police chief who just doesn't get worked up about anything. (laughs) Pretty much, yep. All right, Drew, you're the best, buddy. Thanks. All right, bud. We'll end with this. Donuts are racist. Maybe. Headline, uh, Dateline, Georgia. Kennesaw mayor apologizes for donut comment at ribbon cutting. Wait, what? Kennesaw, Georgia. The mayor of Kennesaw has issued an apology for a comment he made during a Dunkin' Donuts ribbon cutting. A statement released by the city says Mayor Derek Easterling made a, quote, unintentional comment that offended some city employees. Some took offense because they thought the mayor had asked an African-American man to stand behind a chocolate donut because of his skin color. Easterling told Fox 5 News he was actually making a comment about the zoning administrator's shirt during the photo op. A photo posted by the city's Facebook page shows one Daryl Simmons standing behind the chocolate donut with sprinkles. Easterling said Simmons' shirt had matched the sprinkles on the donut on the chocolate donut costume, but he concedes it was not clear that he was making that specific comparison. Here's where the story gets comical and, frankly, pathetic as a sign of the times. Quote, The city manager's office, along with human resources, swiftly called an emergency meeting to address employees' concerns. Swiftly, an emergency meeting. 
Press the plunger. Ooga. Ooga. Emergency meeting. Luckily, Mayor Easterling sincerely apologized for the comment and explained it was unintentional and it will never happen again. Well, wait a minute. If it was unintentional, how can he guarantee it will never happen again? I don't know why. If he meant to say it like, hey, hey, Daryl, hey, hey, Chocolate City, why don't you get behind that chocolate donut right there? Hey, you're looking good. Hey, hey, where'd Daryl go? I can't see him. Oh, wait, he's right behind the donut. (laughs) Yeah, no, that would be racist. Sort of. Wow. Welcome to America, everybody, in the year 2018. That'll do it for today. You know the drill. Tell two friends and hit up whatever message board you like to go to about this show. Download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets, iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and more. Do I need to list all of them? I should not. And always remember, there's a reason why on every firework it says, light, fuse, and get away. The reason is, they mean it. Stay safe and have a great 4th of July. God bless America. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Moms, at Vanguard, you're more than just a parent. You're the heart of the family. You're the first responder to any need. You can be the hero and the villain, sometimes on the same day. Because you know that in the end, your legacy is the values you instill in them. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Because the future you're building is bigger than yourself. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting your cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to CancerScreenInfo.com right now for free screening resources and recommendations from the American Cancer Society. Don't wait. Early detection can save your life. Go to CancerScreenInfo.com today. CancerScreenInfo.com. Dot com.